We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 16 Championship Week Rankings Debate. And maybe some waiver wires. We got all the injuries covered for you, at least what we know this early in the week. If you're looking for the rankings list, hit the description of this video or podcast and you can find them then. They will update every single day all the way up before the Saturday games, before the Sunday games. I can't promise before the Sunday games, but definitely before the Saturday games. I mean, I don't know what kind of state I'm going to be in on Sunday morning this week. And we're getting pretty close to Christmas, Christmas party time. But no, I will have all that updated for you. This is the only ranking show we're going to do. There's no Friday show. There's no Sunday show this week. So hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at the PME if you got more questions. But before we jump into everything, a few housekeeping notes. One, no Week 17 show. If your week plays into Week 17, just fuck off and stop watching. You No need to ever watch my show. <laughs> you kidding me? Week 17, give your head a shake. Uh, but seriously, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. And tell me if Carrion Johnson is active this week, which I'm not sure if he's going to be or not. Where would you rank him in the Week 16 PPR running back rankings? That's the draw for 20 DK bucks. The draw for... 100 DraftKings dollars, and I suggest everyone go do this. I want to get up to 3,000 iTunes reviews before the end of the year. We're at like 2760 or something like that right now, especially if you live in one of these like not America countries, so Canada, Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, Lithuania, PME, big in Lithuania. Uh, if you're especially in those countries, leave a five-star review after you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. DraftKings handle in that five-star review and something you like about the show, you'll be in a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. I'll just, now I'll 
put them on Twitter or something like that because I'm not doing a new show on well I'm not going to be filming a live show on Monday there will be a new Pat Mayo experience every single weekday throughout the rest of 2019 but some of them have already been filmed in advance because I will not be in studio so just enjoy all that remember to like all the episodes do all that fun stuff Uh, the final thing the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League the link will be available after the live broadcast of this show in the description of the podcast and video, 2,500 spots, $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, the best tournament on DraftKings. Let's fill it up this week. Go out with a bang. And if you hate golf, uh, I don't really understand that, but if you do, give the Pat Mayo Experience golf shows a try. I think you'll like them. Uh, even if you don't like golf, I think you'll like those shows. So go check them out. Give it a chance because there's a lot of money to be won and more listeners leagues to play in for no rake as the new season approaches. All right, enough of that. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com is on the line. What's going on, my man? You got the flu? Yeah, fight through it. It's uh, it's going to be, it's sweet 16. I can play through it. It's going to be like the Michael Jordan game. Ah, the Michael Jordan ranks flu game. You're going to have the best <laughs> rankings of all time. The best of all time. We ju- I just got a tweet that says uh, you and I helped this person do a championship this year. And I was like, that can't be true. Yeah, championship in like a low ball league, probably. <laughs> the lowest one possible. Yeah. I love your week 17 with, by the way, because it's surprising how many people still play in it. Are you doing you're doing week 17 rankings, right? I'm doing ranking. I decided normally I had done waivers, rankings, my APA adjusted points allowed. I don't all. I said nope, just rankings this year. And it's just like the rankings. As soon as you get past like RB ten, is going to be like, is he playing one quarter, two quarters, three quarters? Is one quarter of Mark Ingram your favorite player better than three quarters of Gus Edwards? You'd obviously say no. But I combined the waivers this year. I said week sixteen. I'll tell you who you can maybe look for in week seventeen. But I'm like you. I'm, I'm the only thing you're getting is rankings. Yeah, a lot of people ask why I didn't do a waiver wire show or a waiver wire article this week. And I was just like, I do the rankings on Tuesday before waivers pass anyway. So you'd just be like doubling down on the same thing, wouldn't it? Mm, I'd say so. Sorry, I was in the middle of the drink of water. I got to keep that throat hydrated. With yeah, that. It's a little bit of sore. No, I, I'm with you. We kind of talked waivers the past two weeks when we're doing it. And now that it's the point where if you're Excuse me, I'm really struggling with my throat here. If you're if you're looking to pick somebody up on waivers for week 16, you're you've got to probably play them unless you're playing block the opponent, and then those people don't really matter for waivers anyway. So I understand why you saved it for this week because we're going to be talking about it in the ranks anyway. Yeah, so let's start off with running back rankings. The injury report that I have right now, I have Dalvin Cook is in because it sounds like he's going to play. So likely out, I have Bo Scarborough, Damian Williams, J.D. McKissick, Alexander Madison, Carrion Johnson, and Jordan Howard. So let's begin talking about this Detroit situation for a second, only because there's a lot of pieces in play, and Wes, the hills have eyes, uh, could end up being someone that you might end up starting in a championship game if Carrion doesn't come back or Bo, Bo Scarborough doesn't come back. Like, is there a situation where you would play any of these guys? I guess is no. the, the first point. No, not even Carrion Johnson included. And there's no way I'm touching him in his first game back with Patricia at the helm. This could be a T.Y. Hilton situation where he's just out there just to be out there and make the other team have to think about him. And it's against Denver. It's in Denver. I don't want to touch anything. There's no running back in this backfield with or without Carrion Johnson that's going to touch my week 16 fantasy roster unless you're in like an 18 team league. There is no chance. I mean, what the hill, what'd you call him? The Hills have eyes. That's a pretty good one. But he's basically just Kalen Balaj reincarnated. I, I don't want anything to do with anybody in this backfield. So let's live in a world where Carrion Johnson is inactive, but Bo Scarborough is active. Would you play Bo Scarborough? 
No, still no. Oh, I still don't man. want Bo Scarborough, even a banged up Scarborough. Scarborough doesn't catch. I mean, that's limits his upside against the Broncos, so he's going to have to find his way into the end zone with the way that the Lions look right now. Would it really surprise you if they head to Denver and get skunked on the scoreboard? So I, there's no way. I, again, I don't want to rest my sweet 16 hopes on anybody in this backfield. Yeah, and I don't really feel that great about Galladay. I think you would have to play him no matter what. But Galladay against Chris Harris and the Broncos, this is going to be a very – again, I could see the Lions being off the scoreboard altogether. If anything, maybe a field goal or two. Christian McCaffrey comes in at number one in the rankings, even with Will Greer starting at quarterback for the Panthers this week. Number two, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook with that questionable tag against Green Bay, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, and Nick Chubb. Of course, Derrick Henry still has that hamstring problem. He's playing through it. I don't know if his snaps will be limited again this week, although it is a bit of a tougher matchup uh, against New Orleans, but... Out of those 10 guys, obviously, I hate Mark Ingram, but Fantasy Pros has decided <laughs> to rank him there at Cleveland. Um, who would scare you the most? Would it be Derrick Henry because of the matchup plus injury? I think that's the thing is he keeps going back to the sideline and touching his leg and missing some plays. And then when he breaks off late in the game, he doesn't have that same burst, that, which is what makes Derrick Henry so dangerous, especially in the second half. There's a lot of uncertainty there. I, I've been telling, like, at this point, you don't need handcuffs unless you're doing week 17. But in week 16, forget handcuffs at this point, except Deion Lewis. Like, there is – I don't think it's going to happen because, I, I like, he looks fine and he's been doing it for the past two weeks. But would it be a shock if, like, all of a sudden Derrick Henry Thursday rolls around and it's like, oh, he really is kind of hurting his leg this week, so it's going to be Deion Lewis. So that's the only reason I would hold on to him. I, I think that he's the one that I'm most scared about. Although – I'm on the opposite side. I actually don't think Dalvin Cook plays. I, I think this. Is, I think he's going to be out. Okay, so let's live in that world where Dalvin Cook. Okay, let's live in one world where Dalvin Cook is active. Percentage chance you give him to get through this game? Mm, through the game, yeah. I, I think if he's active, I would say ninety percent he gets through the game because I don't think the Vikings are going to risk him unless that's the case. But I think that ninety percent doesn't come with the Dalvin Cook who touches the ball twenty twenty five times. Okay, so if he's active, do you think that fourth is still too high for him? Like, can you envision a scenario where you have Dalvin Cook on your team, you know that he's active against the Packers, and you don't play him? Because I don't live in that world. I don't think I live in that world either. The only would be the case of you don't play him in cash and DraftKings if you're playing the Monday night game and you don't put him in your – although that actually might be the way to do it is play him in your captain's spot on the tournament side of things. But in a seasonal, yeah, if Dalma Cook's active, you have to put him in your lineup because you don't want to see him on your bench and get even 90 yards and two touchdowns on just 14 touches. So the biggest risk happens because it's a Monday night game that you're not going to have and, you know, an overflow of options to replace him should he be out. Does this depend on your situation with Dalvin Cook? If we don't know what his status is by Sunday, again, I do think that he's going to play. Early reports from Mike Zimmer suggest that he's going to play, but Madison missed last week. There's no word yet on whether he's going to be back. But let's say you didn't have Madison, you only had Mike Boone, and we weren't sure about the status of Madison either. Would you still risk it and try to hold him? So if you have, are you saying so if you have Boone and Cook or just only Boone? So, okay, what, let's say you only have Cook and someone else has the other two. Would you, then, okay. would you still risk it if you didn't know? No, not without a backup plan. The only okay. other one I could see is maybe if you go pick up Jamal Williams in that game. But So I, I was on Chris Harris's waiver show earlier today, and I said, I don't love it, but I'd roll out Adrian Peterson against the Giants. I would roll out Patrick Laird against the Bengals. Like, those are some options that are kind of in that conversation where, look, if you don't have either of those two, 
and there's no Jamal Williams, you can't wait and then have Dalvin Cook just sit. And I would even go as far to bring up Madison and Mike Boone. Let's say we find out Friday Dalvin Cook's out, but Madison might play. So now Madison might play. It might not be 100%, so they might split the backfield 50-50. I'd still go to Adrian Peterson. I would still go to Patrick Laird. So that's really what it's come down to, unless you're headed into those games. And does either one of those at four? No, those are both 1 o'clock games. But, you know, maybe you go into this and say, you know what? I need to risk the highest ceiling with Madison, understanding my floor might be a three. I don't need the safe Adrian Peterson. I don't need the safe Patrick Laird. Give me a snap or touch split between Boone and Madison if they're both active and Delvin Cook is not. See, I I think it would probably be 60-40 for Madison only because, you know, three, four weeks ago, I'd probably say it's like 80-20 and he gets the Delvin Cook treatment, that being Madison. But with this, you mentioned the injury and he said last Wednesday, he was like, oh, I'm going to be fine for this game. Doesn't practice Thursday, doesn't practice Friday. He's out. Nobody still has a real word on what kind of ankle injury it was. If it's a high ankle sprain, it's just very mysterious. I don't know why they're not allowed, why they are allowed to not tell us more information because this is supposed to be the whole NFL rule is you're supposed to disclose these things. But in any case, that being said, with this Monday night situation, I think it's probably 60-40. My biggest concern of that 60-40, and even push it, let's even move it to 70-30 and say Madison gets 70%. My biggest concern is that Boone gets the inside the 10 carries, and that's where I'm a little bit tentative of either one of them. So realistically, if they were both available on your waiver wire, I mean, pick them both up if you have Delvin Cook. They should not be available on your waiver wire. But it does seem like Boone is the better pickup than Madison, all things being equal with the information that we have right now. At least as of today, it does. But yes, I would definitely try to pick up both of them. Now, hey, we might, hey, we might get a practice report on Friday that Madison's getting all the touches. Th- this could be true. Now, if Cook and Madison are both, if Cook is a game time decision, Madison has been declared inactive. Boone would clearly be the handcuff. But if you did want to wait it out, I suppose you could pick up CJ Ham or Amir Abdullah <laughs> if you really wanted to wait. And then you get into a situation where it's Boone and probably Abdullah in like a 70-30 split. It's not optimal by any means, but it does give you some bit of leeway, maybe like five, six touches. Maybe he can scamper into the end zone. That would be the best case scenario. But if you wanted to wait for Dalvin Cook, those would be your options. Right. Well, and actually the best, best case scenario, not good for Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison as people or the people that own them, but the best situation for us as fantasy-wise, if Dalvin Cook and Madison are both ruled out, as of Friday, and then it's Mike Boone who would be in the RB2, RB2 conversation. RB2, potentially even RB1. Like, if, if we knew Madison and Cook were both out with Mike Boone, would you play Mike Boone or James Conner? I would still go James Conner. Like, early in that game, I tweeted about it as a joke. He was getting 57, almost 60% of the carries and was touching four, over 45% of the touches, period, were going to him. The problem was the offense was just doing nothing. So... I think that you come out of that game saying, all right, the Steelers feel like he's okay. And with the Steelers treatment of James Conner and what is always the treatment of James Conner when he's healthy, he is clearly the bell cow absorbing the majority of the touches. So I would still go James Conner, but to your point, I think you could have the conversation. Uh, Would you play Devin Singletary against the Patriots or would you play Mike Boone? In this scenario where we know that Cook and Madison are both out, I would, and that one, I would actually go Boone. I would go Boone as well. So the entire rankings from 11 to 20, I have Kamara at 11. Maybe someday he'll score a touchdown. That'd be nice. Eckler at 12, Josh Jacobs at 13, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, Marlon Mack, and the aforementioned Devin Singletary. Anyone you feel should be up or down? Like if you have Kamara, chances are you're not in the finals. But if you are, <laughs> you're still rolling them out there. 
You cer- you start yeah, you certainly still are. I think that's a fair ranking for everybody in there. You know, at this point, even with the injury situation, I think you feel better about Jacobs than you do at Camara at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I would feel still better with Camara. See, I, I don't. I'm legitimately looking at the fact that he scored touchdowns in one game. And I say touchdowns because that was the one rushing and one receiving that he had. What was it, week three? It, it, at some point, you know, I know touchdown regression is on his side, but it's not on the side that people think it is because his touches still haven't been enormous. It's not like he's out there touching the ball 20, 25 times a game. So you would think that in this offense, in this situation, and you know, Kamara should score, but uh, the way the use has been, especially in Jacobs, when he came back and played last week, like, similar to James Conner, they gave him all the touches, not all of them, you know, they're still sprinkling, but the majority lead a bell cow borderline kind of conversation here. Chargers don't scare me. They scare me against the pass, but if you're going to beat them against the run and you're going to lean on Josh Jacobs and, you know, Austin Eckler, I, argue you can even both of them you can even know that they've both been better than Kamara at this point yeah well I mean when you look at Kamara's points per game it's still inside the top 12 and he's not scoring touchdowns like I still want a guy whose floor is there with the potential upside to break just one just break one out of them and get into the end zone <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's a top five guy again like Jacobs yeah. he's like he's scoring more points than Jacobs per game despite the fact that Jacobs is actually scoring touchdowns well you gotta remember too early in the season Jacobs wasn't getting the bell cow treatment I mean, he has been since like week three. Uh, I think it's a little bit after that. I only know because Brad Ziegler on a podcast. He hates. He's a Chiefs fan. He hates the Raiders. He has any. He hates anything to do. He he kept telling me Josh Jacobs was going to stink this year. No, oh, that's that's a real bad take. <laughs> I love him, but he hates the Raiders. He's a homer. Twenty-one through thirty. I have Kenyon Drake at number twenty-one. Raheem Mostart, Colonel Mostart. At 22, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Peterson, Philip Lindsay, Duke Johnson, James White, and David Montgomery. Flea market. Uh, then that goes into, like, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams, Royce Freeman, Boston Scott, Wes Hills. If everyone, uh, you check the rankings to see who's in, see who's out, and all this <laughs> stuff. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I actually have overlaid this week. Tariq Cohen, Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, uh, Matt Breda, Spencer Ware. He's the highest of the Chiefs guys. Uh, I mean... If you're down in this range, you're not looking good in your fantasy finals. But if you had to take like a potential upside shot, it'd probably be. Thank you for talking me into Boston Scott, by the way. I ended up using him on DraftKings. <laughs> Turned out great. Nice. Yeah, he's Darren Sproles, man. I told you. Uh, but it would be Gaskin overlayered for me this week if I had really? to pluck one of them. Yeah. 48% each uh, in terms of the snap share last week. And that was with Miami trailing most of the game. Like Laird can't do anything on the ground. And maybe Gaskin can't either, but. It does appear like I think and even based on a bit of coach speak that from Flores that it does seem like they're going to give him a shot and this is a perfect it, it, matchup it would seem to be and you know if you're going by draft capital it wasn't a big difference because Gaskin was I think just like third sixth rounder and Laird was undrafted free agent but that kind of tells you a little bit right there yeah and just the, the way that his snaps leaped forward last week in a position where you would think they would actually go the other way because we've all kind of conceded the Patrick Laird's the better pass catching back but Gaskin just found himself on the field and if you get a shot against the Bengals and you kind of have to take it yeah you do and I, I, I like I said I don't, I don't hate it I thought it was interesting uh, I think that to your point the, the the fact that Laird just look he should be a passing game only option for teams NFL teams and I think that if you're looking at it, maybe he does get a shot, that being Gaskin, for see what they have for next year. Uh, anything else about running backs that you think we should hit on in Week 16? Uh, no, I, 
Marlon Mack scares me. <laughs> Marlon Mack scares me too. However, coming off of injury, he got the Saints and he got the Bucks. Like those are two of the five hardest teams to run on in football. This is a much easier scenario for him. Well, it's the best scenario. Yeah. Everybody scores against the Panthers. He, he gets the he gets the best into... matchup of the week, and he's back at home. Uh, he should be closer to full health if Ty is still limp, gimped up and he's only going to play like 50% of the snaps or he's only 80%. I can just see them leaning on Marlon Mack here um, in this in this spot. It, just, it seems like a better smash spot for him than it did you know, each of the previous two weeks where he was basically a sit. No, it is certainly. And part of what scares me about Marlon Mack isn't even so much him as it as much as it is that Jacoby Brissett's all of a sudden turned to a pumpkin and that offense is miserable. And I would assume... Uh, we haven't done your rankings. I'll see if you have them out, but I would assume that the Colts just cash it in with T.Y. Hilton now that they're out of the playoffs. I th- originally had thought that as well. I guess we'll switch to wide receivers here. I actually have T.Y. is in, only because they kept him out there in that Monday night game, like when it was well out of hand. Like, this seems like a good spot to sit down injured T.Y. Nope, let's put him on the field. But if they're going to do that, <laughs> why not just play him this week too? Yeah, I, I could. St- I still lean towards why I even put him out there if you're talking about for next year, but I wasn't even thinking it to your point. Yeah. Why was it even out there in the fourth quarter? So I, I don't know. Maybe they had the, we can surprise people with three and a half late scores or whatever, how far behind they were. But uh, I just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he's out this week. So yeah, I, I think that he's going to end up playing. We'll see. I mean, again, people, you don't have to set your lineups right now. The rankings will update every single day. If he is declared out, I will readjust the rankings. But I currently have T.Y. Hilton is in. DJ Chark is in. He looks like he could return. Juju Smith-Schuster and Hunter Renfro is reportedly going to return this week for the Raiders. Likely out. Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller's just been placed on injured reserve as the show is live. And that news just broke. I have Adam Humphreys is out. Trey Quinn. Paul Richardson. The Sledgehammer. Taylor Gabriel. Uh, Mike Evans is going to be out, obviously. Nelson Aguilar and Demarius Thomas. Josh Gordon is suspended, so he will not be playing. Number one in the wide receiver rankings. I'm going to give you a tier of guys here that are absolute must-plays. Then we'll get into the rest. Michael Thomas is number one. DeAndre Hopkins is number two. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen. Those seven guys, I think, are absolute must-starts. The rest, you can kind of debate all you want. <laughs> Would you call them most arts? Oh yeah, they're they're Raheem's. They're they're sideshow <laughs> Raheem's. Raheem's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's certainly yeah. I, I see that they're all must arts. I, I probably would even go further down your ranks for absolutely must arts. I, I I can't see how you get to week sixteen and you get to some of these guys in your teens and you're not like like to kind of your point before about Dalvin Cook. Now, granted, Dalvin Cook's a top five running back, but what argument are you making to bench some of these guys? I'm not. I mean, they're clearly at the top of the rankings, but like if you wanted to play, like if you were all gung ho for like, I have DJ Moore way down in the rankings this week with the Will Greer situation, not like sit territory, but well behind the spot. I've had him ranked inside the top 10 for probably about 10 weeks now. Like I don't have that sort of confidence in him, but if you wanted to say, Hey, I'd rather play DJ more than Cortland Sutton. I'm not going to kill you over that. Like I get it. No, that one makes sense. I just, I'm all, I, I guess I'm kind of looking at two specifically and just not, I don't see how at this point, AJ Brown or Robert Woods touches your bench. I just, I think, and even, I even brought up my concern to David Blau before and I, I don't see how deep are you at wide receiver if you're benching Kenny Galladay? No, I mean, once you look at the rankings, if they're inside the top 20, they're, I mean, they're must starts for me, but I think those seven guys are on a clear tier above everyone else. And that's fair. That's certainly fair. Yeah, if you're going to say they're on their own like special tier, then that's fine. Yeah, because you can start poking holes into everyone, like uh, <laughs> against Allen Robinson, 
for example. Like, it's not the greatest situation in the world for him, but he's been so good that you probably just kind of end up rolling him out against Kansas City. They've been really good against wide receivers. Cortland Sutton, I mean, I I love Cortland Sutton, but he seems like he's going to be relatively inconsistent with Drew Locke. Tyler Boyd, I have ranked super highly at number 10 against Miami because it's a great matchup, but he's still Tyler Boyd, who has, like, one good game every four weeks. And then that goes into Galladay and Diggs and Brown and Woods, like, not super great matchups for any of those guys. So, but you're still going to play them. Like, you see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, I certainly see what you're getting at. I, I saw what you were getting at from step one. Do we have any word, by the way, speaking of Robert Woods, do we have any word yet on like whether Richard Sherman's returning? Uh, not as of yet. Pre- preliminary reports from a week ago suggested that he could be back for this game. So I, it's a wait and see situation, really. Oh, wait. Will you update your ranks? <laughs> uh, I might. I may update my rankings as the week goes along. Who knows? That? I don't even answer those questions if it makes you feel good. I, when it comes to the comments on my rankings, they're like, where would you put blank if blank plays? And like, I'm not going to answer. You'll, you'll see. It'll, it'll update. It'll update. But I think it's important to have these discussions now to give yourself a game plan going into the weekend. Like, who are the proper pickups? What are the moves that I can make to set myself up properly? Should X happen? And then, oh, if, if X happens and Y happens, what do I do then? So I think that's more of the conversation we need to have today. So the entire 11 through 20, as I mentioned, Galladay, Diggs, Brown, Woods, high T, Terry McLaurin <laughs> came through in a big way last week. Want me some kish on the draft? Is that the sixth nickname you've given him? Yeah, well, I'm I'm big on it. Well, he became so boomer bust with uh, with Dwayne Haskins is that you have to have high testosterone if you want to play high T. <laughs> that I mean, you so can't be, he's been hanging out with Frank Thomas. Yeah, like you can't be like some soy boy or beta male if you want to play Terry McLaurin. That's not how it works. Uh, what, t- what are those commercials? The uh, Nugenics. Yeah, the Nugenics commercials with Frank Thomas. Do you know what I'm Do you get those up there? Or do you not know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. You haven't seen those with Frank Thomas in the gym. He's like, I lost all my energy and testosterone while I was working out. The eugenics commercials, you haven't seen these? I keep, whenever you say it, it sounds like you're saying eugenics. And that just sounds like, uh, I mean, anything like that sounds like eugenics or is eugenics, (laughs) probably don't call your company that. (laughs) New genics. Still very close. Not great. Not a great look. Uh, so McLaurin Lockett, I have Anthony Miller ranked inside the top 20 has just been a revelation for anyone who continues to play him. Emmanuel Sanders, Amari Cooper, uh, Christian Kirk, but with Anthony Miller, if Taylor Gabriel returns, I would have to significantly bump him down, right? Oh, you're changing your rankings on me. Oh God. Um, look, I actually think Anthony Miller for me would be just a little bit lower in general. Uh, mostly it comes down to Mitch Trubisky against the, the Chiefs. You mentioned that the Chiefs' pass defense has been better than people have realized because they're so bad against the run. They put up points, and then the other team puts up points, and it ends up being the snow, snowball effect, and people don't realize, as I said, pass defense has been pretty good. So I know Anthony Miller is just getting volume of targets. I mean, and that's why he's so appealing. But I would still have him probably, I'd say, five or six spots lower. Not a big difference, but I just a little less confident even before we start talking Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, I'm not going to – if Gabriel's out, I have no problem playing Anthony Miller. I will play Anthony Miller. He's been a top-10 receiver over the past six weeks. Just the one good thing about this Bears offense since Trubisky has reclaimed his throne and like actually not look terrible is that it's almost like the old Oakland offense where it was Derek Carr, Michael Crabtree, and Amari Cooper. And those were just the two guys who shared basically like – 75% of the market share. That's what's happening in Chicago right now. It's just those two guys. And then you'll get some Cohen out of the backfield. That's it. 
Yeah. Uh, and look, hey, you're not wrong. I'm just looking at your list and just for matchups too. And I just, the quarterback who I trust, like I feel better about Kirk and Chark and oof, that Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams too. I, that, he deserves to be in that conversation though. So again, that's why I'm not going to nitpick that you would put him a little bit higher than I would. The, the right. biggest thing about facing Oakland is that it's Oakland, Houston, the Giants. There's a couple. They're all inside the top five for big plays and big plays turning into touchdowns. I think Mike Williams keeps that track going this week at home against the Raiders. Oh, well, quote, unquote, at home. Yeah, well, I got Chark on the fast track inside at Atlanta at 21, presuming he returns. Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams, Brashad Perriman, wide receiver one in Tampa against that awful Houston secondary. <laughs> DJ Moore, Jamison Crowder, Will Fuller at Tampa, T.Y. Hilton. That's where I tentatively put him in at number 29. And I have Juju Smith-Schuster as playing, so I put him number 30 against the Jets. I think this is one of these weeks where we talk about the big play guys, whether it be Perriman or Robbie Anderson or Will Fuller, that if they have a slightly positive matchup, this is the week to play them. They might get in, unless you're a giant favorite in your matchup and you just need floor guys. If you're an underdog in your finals at all, these are the types of guys to play. You roll these guys out this week. No, hundred percent. And that kind of goes back to that conversation we were having about the running backs. You know, if you're just going to go for it, and we do get the news on Madison and Dalvin Cook. Just go for the upside and the positive potential of Mike Boone. And so, you know, the, the difference is, is obviously Laird, Pat Peterson, these safe plays that you're talking about, wide receiver. You know, what are they going to really do for you, as you said? But I will talk about if you're evaluating, like you said, if you're a favorite or you're strong, evaluate it on your own. Don't look at the projections for all these sites that the projections get spit out. Don't look at your opponents. Let's just evaluate your team and say is my team a dominant team from top to bottom then you know evaluate by there and pick your plays there and please i think i told you this before met pat please don't start people on your i had a question three weeks ago or two weeks ago back there was the game that mike evans actually got hurt which he still had a great game he was still a top 15 wide receiver even before getting hurt so he's like hey i'm facing dak prescott should i bench mike evans for randall cobb oh god that's a horrible like, idea I know, but people think these things because they're inexperienced and they think that they're hedging their bets by playing who their opponent has. I just went on this whole thing this morning about Twitter and people were talking about Mark Andrews versus Darren Waller and that, well, he's he has Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson does great, how does Mark Andrews not do great? Well, Lamar Jackson throws to everybody else except for him or runs the touchdowns in and doesn't even throw a touchdown. Like one doesn't have to come with the other. What percent chance do you give Michael Gallup of outscoring Amari Cooper this week? Because I think it's like 55-45. Oh, I was going to say it's like 50-50 every week at this point since yeah. a couple weeks ago. Just Cooper outdoors. Uh, I know the Eagles either get completely torched or they look great on defense, so it's really difficult to figure out. But I, especially coming off the bad week, I'm so if I had Amari Cooper, I'd be super nervous. I would be too. It also comes down to, as you mentioned, you talk about outdoors on the road. Dak Prescott's home versus road splits are everything that people used to be afraid of for Drew Brees a couple of years ago. Yeah. Actually, the better comparison is probably Ben Roethlisberger. The Berg. Him and his big yeah. fat beard. Big fat Ben with his big <laughs> fat beard. He looks so sad and lonely on the sidelines now. Well, is that why he ate someone else just so we could have some company? <laughs> I didn't think he looked that fat. He was pretty pretty fat. That's why he grew that giant beard. <laughs> to cover it up? Well, he wasn't. A, what, put it this way. He wasn't a slim man to begin with. No, he wasn't. Is it, so is that what Fitzpatrick is hiding this entire time? Fitzpatrick's actually got like this huge double like job of the hut chin or something? Potentially. It'd be a smart move. 
Yeah, that's the move. That's when you see the people with the big bushy beards, like you knew them when they were skinny, and then all of a sudden, like you haven't seen them in two years, they come back with a giant beard. Yeah, they gained like 50 pounds. <laughs> so at least I got that working for me is I could just start growing this out if I ever let myself go. There, there you go. I mean, I don't grow beards very well. My facial hair is very patchy, despite being an old, and half of it comes in white now. So like, <laughs> you're going to notice. Stay so fit. Yeah, I have to stay fit. Or you're going to see it right away. It's going to be bad news. So... Uh, Juju, if he plays, you play him ish. No, I don't think you have to at, at all. Point. Uh, like, no, I, at all. He, no, he, I would say he's in the conversation. I, the way that you phrased it made me my thinking saying like, he's an automatic start. I don't think he is an automatic start anymore. I don't think he was an automatic start before he got hurt with the way things were going with his team. It's a nice matchup against the jets. It is, but you know, what if Juju's out there? And I, I'm not saying that he should be, but what if he's out there like T.Y. Hilton and T.Y. He's out there not even – he doesn't even need to be a quote-unquote decoy because essentially this season he's been a decoy. But what if he's out there at less than 100% to pull some defensive attention, which there's not a lot for the Jets, but this just opens the door even wider for James Washington or Deontay Johnson. So 31 to 40, and this is where it gets tricky. I got Thielen at 31, Edelman at number two, or at 32, sorry. Gallup, John Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo, Cole Beasley, Darius Slayton, Odell, Robbie Anderson is the next 10. I don't know what to do with Edelman, man. Like, he's banged up. He looks gimped up. And now he's just entering, entering the den of pain against the Bills' defense. He should be the guy that could figure it out. Like, he's the perfect type of receiver to just pile up catches against the Bills. But if he's not 100%, like, it's not going to work. No, it's not. And I'll apologize to the person who asked me last week. They said, are you concerned about Julian Edelman? And I said, absolutely not. He's been playing through this for weeks and two straight games. It was 20 points. And I was like, why, why would you be concerned? Well, there you go. They're like, Hey, again, I'm sorry. But all reports told us he had been playing through the same injury. And I go back to those two games. He had 20 points in those two games, back to back weeks. And then it was a letdown. And as you mentioned, he looked banged up, but he kind of looked banged up in those games too. So I'm with you though. Now, this week, if coming off that game we just saw, which was a much more favorable matchup, and now he's got the Bills, and it's Saturday, so it's a short-ish week, I, I would hope that you have an option that makes you feel But Put it this way, you've ranked them higher, you start Bashard Perriman over him, which is just crazy that you're doing it in the championship game. Well, sometimes you got to make the, the gutsy decisions. Like a lot of people ask me about A.J. Brown versus like legit guys last week. And I went with all the legit guys and I was absolutely wrong about it. But I did say it to people like, listen, if you have conviction about A.J. Brown, play him. Like, go not, so you got, me, the guy's been getting you there. If you want to start him over Kenny Galladay, go for it. And if you did, you probably won. If you'd listened to me, you probably lost. <laughs> I had A.J. Brown on my home league team, which is great to see, especially because Godwin left. Although Godwin had a solid game before he even got hurt. Let me ask you this as a strategy situation, because I get this question a lot too. I'm just curious your outlook on it. So somebody who has Edelman, he plays, it's, let's call it a Thursday night game. You, you play him with the finding out that the outcome might make another decision for you. So he has a bad game and now your tiebreak situation is like, oh, I'll play a Perriman over a safe play. Whereas if Edelman comes out of that game with a solid performance, then you're like, well, I'll go safe. Yeah, I think that your matchup should be fluid. This is no different than on DraftKings that if you are behind the pack in the afternoon slate going into the later set of games, that 
and the only people that you have left you know are projected to be highly owned even if you don't even if you think the players you're putting in are worse, you have to do it because there's no you can't catch up. Like if you just have floor guys there and you know that everyone else has those guys, you need to go in a different direction to shoot for some more upside if you want any potential to come back. That's how you use the late swap and in season long, like I like the Paramins, the Will Fullers, the Robbie Anderson type, like deep play guys versus I don't know, like the Jamison Cratter types. You still could be absolutely wrong. Like we saw Jamison Crowder hit his ceiling last week, but normally he's a guy you think like, oh, six for 66 with a bit of upside where Wolf Fuller is like five for 245 and three touchdowns or zero. Like pick your poison. If you're trailing in your game after making a bad decision, there's no more compounding bad decisions. It's already the bad decision. (laughs) You're already in the hole. Take a swing for the fences. You got to be like that guy from Major League Three when he was playing for the buzz. (laughs) I'm just going to go tell Anarchus that you just called Jamison Crowder the devil. He's not the devel. That's you said six for sixty six. Yeah, I think that was an undercut devil cut down. Jake, Call him Satan. Jake, there's no such thing as the devil, so we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> the robot devil, though. The robot devil is definitely true. So if you can get his hands, then you're looking good. Oh yeah, you'd be a hundred percent on your rankings every single week. But back to the conversation that we had earlier about the guys, like when I said those seven guys, like if you told me. You played Julian Edelman over Tyler Boyd this week, who I have ranked number 10. So 10 versus number 31. Again, I understand people doing that. I wouldn't do it. But again, like as I've mentioned, I'm wrong frequently. But like, I think there's a large group of guys after those like core seven that any order you can kind of tell me would end up being right. Right. Oh, I mean, I'm looking right now, and you could say you played Julian Edelman over Kenny Galladay against Chris Harris and the Broncos. You played him over Christian Kirk. You played him over Tyler Lockett against Patrick Peterson. I, I, I see your point. So, yeah, it all depends on the amount of risk that you want to inherit this week. Go with your gut. And listen, I'm not filling out your lineup. Jake's not filling out your lineup. The decision comes down to you. Uh, and we're not. Oh, Jake is far more accurate than me. I'm a bit of a knob. But, like, you know, just kind of figure it out. So, the guys that you could potentially play, let's say T.Y. sits. Could you play Zach Pascal? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, I think the biggest concern there is, are we talking versus Julian Edelman? Is that what you're asking? No, just in general. Like, like after those guys, like I have Justin Watson, Hollywood Brown, Curtis Samuel, Amendola, Sterling <laughs> Shepard. Samuel? Curtis Samuel? What is this, Curtis Samuel Ganji? Is that what you're going for he, there? He, he's, no, he's just Curtis Samuel. All right. Uh, I think that Pascal is certainly playable. Right, look, the, the problem with Pascal is to a lesser degree of what the Juju Smith-Schuster situation is. And it's the example I keep giving from years ago, which just only because it's a perfect example, but we've seen it with Pascal earlier this year. We've seen it with Juju Smith-Schuster even before he got hurt and even before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. When wide receivers who don't have, you know, number one NFL ability, not just like number ones, like Tyler Boyd is in this conversation too. Guys that struggled when you start getting that number one defensive attention could get easily shut down. So it's really going to come down to does Carolina feel is Bradbury Bradbury, I think is still okay this week, but is he out there and on Pascal is kind of treating him as a shutdown because then he can get away from, but they double cover him the entire game. Then we could go back to Marcus Johnson, surprising people. So I don't think that Pascal is anything more than look, understand your floor is a zero here because it was a zero pretty much what was it, like half that game? He was barely involved until late into that game? Yeah. Uh, Amendola, you could probably play. That's more of like, let's say you jump out to a big lead at some point, and you're between, I don't know, like Debo Samuel and Danny Amendola. Well, Debo's Saturday. 
That's true. So you wouldn't have that decision. Uh, Michael Gallup or even John Brown. I mean, that's also said to me. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Darius Slayton then. So Darius Slayton, big playability versus the floor of Danny Amendola, even against the Broncos. But we saw the way that he was utilized last week with David Blau. Uh, in the short underneath route, just you would expect a lot of targets, a lot of volume, but you know, not a high percentage of long plays or touchdown upside, but probably good enough to get you like 12, 13 points kind of thing. Then you start right. making your decisions the other way. Oh, I have this big lead. Let's protect this lead uh, and put in a guy who has a pretty safe floor. A hundred percent. Yes. So uh, other guys I was looking at like Greg Ward, I think he's viable. Uh, if, um, if Nelson Aguilar ends <laughs> up sitting again. I feel if Nelson Aguilar is out, I feel better about Greg Ward than I do Zach Pascal, just because it comes down to the quarterback play. I mean, it's not like Wentz has been any good. Yeah, he has. He's been actually really good for who he's playing with. I guess so. I mean, his fantasy numbers are better than his real-life performance. Yeah, but the fantasy numbers come from the yards and the touchdowns. I mean, it doesn't have to be real. We are talking fantasy. If if we were talking real life, Jameis Winston wouldn't even be in the conversation when we get to quarterbacks. But Carson Wentz, for what he's been doing right now and what he's been dealing with at wide receiver, I mean, essentially his number one wide receiver, quote-unquote, is Zach Ertz. Number two still might even be Dallas Goddard. He made Josh Perkins a thing two weeks ago. He's been thrown to no-note. Great. Greg Ward was in the AAF this past year. So we're talking about nothing here. I, I would play Greg Ward as the number one for the Eagles before I play Zach Pascal with the way that Joe, Jacoby Brissett hasn't looked good in like three weeks. Uh, I wouldn't chase the Kenny Stills two touchdowns, but <laughs> if DJ Chark ends up sitting, I'd probably move Chris Conley inside the top 35. Yeah, I would, uh, to your point, I would trace, chase Chris Conley before I would there. And to be honest, after watching that game, uh, where do you have Didi? Because I would, I, I would put Keelan Cole over Didi if DJ Chark is out. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I have Didi at like 47 or something like that. He's not very high. Pr- probably don't start Didi this week. Or but, Keelan if you don't have to. Yeah, I, I mean, Keelan, I, like, that's just more of like a DraftKings like $3,000 upside play than anything else. And even you would still have to score a touchdown for that to come through. What's your take on, so, J- what's your take on Jake Kumaro here? It does look like he is now the one guy who does something. Like He played a... <laughs> the like, one? <laughs> he's, behind- he's Neo? Yeah, so behind Devontae Adams, the rest of these jabronis on the Packers are absolutely oh, awful. This is terrific. But Minnesota's defense, Ali's pass defense, is horrific. That someone's, oh, yeah. someone's going to do something. I think he would be my pick to do it. So I'm looking at, and this, to bring up this whole conversation, where you're saying where you're sitting, and you're looking at, well, I, got, I feel as Anthony Miller, I would still start Anthony Miller over Jake Kumaro. But if you start getting into the four o'clock games and you're saying like Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, even, you know, probably Greg Ward kind of feels like a safer play at this point. Like if you're kind of like in that kind of conversation and you just you just need a potential 25 point game, I think that's where Kumaro comes in the conversation. I still don't trust as much as he's been there. I just don't trust that it's all of a sudden, well, Lazard's back in the conversation or Geronimo Allison somehow caught a touchdown and took it away or freaking Mercedes Lewis took one away from Jimmy or Graham who took one away from it. It's just, it's the Packers. So I think your point is valid hundred percent, especially because this secondary has been abysmal, but I think that's the play you're looking at here is where it's all right. I just need to swing for the fence this late. Uh, snap breakdown for the Packers from last week against the Bears. Devontae Adams played 93% of the snaps. It was actually Alan Lazald with 78%. Geronimo, 54. Camaro, 19. Marcus Veldes, Scantling, 12%. So you right. probably don't want to go to any of these guys, to be perfectly honest with you. 
No, but it's kind of that conversation where we talk about other players. Like when he's on the field, he's getting the touches. When he's on the field, he's getting the looks. It's just, again, that's the problem. This is what you just mentioned. Uh, similar to you want to go talk about the Bengals, you know, John Ross, boomer bust definition. However, the problem is Alex Erickson is still getting like 80, 90% of the snaps and he's hovering around 45. So it's kind of like, well, it's just the fact that how many times is he going to have a chance to even boom when he's not on the field that much? Let's move to quarterbacks. I have Will Greer as starting for the Carolina Panthers this week. And I have Daniel Jones, Matt Stafford, and Kyle Allen all as out and not playing, or not starting at least. Lamar Jackson, big shocker, number one in the rankings. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Jameis, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes. The Fitzmagic at number seven in a one of his 38 revenge games this year against the Bengals. <laughs> Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers is the top 10. Then I have Ryan Tannehill just outside of that. Still a quarterback one, but at number 11. Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Drew Locke, Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr, Mitch Trubisky, Jimmy Grapplo, and Gardner Minshew. This works out very poorly for me because... I need to go find someone to pick up for Josh Allen this week. Not to say that Josh Allen's going to have like a bad game, but the upside against the Patriots just isn't there. No, it's not. And it's actually a really poor streaming quarterback week too. I think Fitzpatrick is the best. And then, and he's basically uh, like, I'm probably going to have to end up starting Trubisky or Jimmy G over Josh Allen in one of my finals. Uh, I'd probably go Jimmy Grant, Jimmy Garoppolo. There, Jimmy I like, I prefer the rushing upside that comes along with Trubisky and against the Rams. Maybe it is should be Garoppolo because it's hard to run on the Rams. Maybe you can throw all over them, but they have such a proclivity to run the ball inside the five-yard line and actually score doing it uh, that I think the upside rests with Mitch Trubisky here. Is One counterpoint. One counterpoint. That's what we said about the game against the Saints, and look that, what happened in that one. That's true, but I don't think that the Rams offense is going to just move the ball like the Saints offense did. Hey, you never know. I'm just saying, like, if you're looking for a four-touchdown game, I would say Garoppolo before I said Trubisky. Although Trubisky, what is he? Yeah, he has one this year, doesn't he? What? Rushing touchdown? A four-touchdown game? I think he does. I mean, he scored a rushing touchdown last week, I think. Yeah. I'll, I'll check. I'll find out while we're talking about it. Trubisky, let's see. Does he have a four-touchdown game? Yes, he has the four-touchdown game against the Cowboys. One rushing. Four, no four-passing, but he has four three-passing touchdown games. Interesting. So is there any of those quarterbacks like you would seriously put into consideration for legit streaming options and guys like, would you play Brady or Allen this week? I would go Allen over Tom Brady, but I, I have I Allen. Know. I have Allen over Tom Brady, but like I wouldn't no. want to, I would even go guard. You do have my, I would go Gardner Mitchell over Allen at this point. And what we've been campaigning for Josh Allen. I mean, even you before I even got started as Josh Allen for life and I just I don't know how you feel good about in New England on Saturday. Ugh. Listen, he he got me as far as I think he's going to take me here. And I think the Bills actually win that game, but if they win it, it's going to be like 13 to 10 or something. It is, but I'm you know what? I'm not quite as low as you are because I don't think I feel great about that pass defense with Derek Carr and how he just looked in the last game and like Andy Dalton. I know it's the Dolphins, but well, I got. I would actually have Josh. I, I'm the defender here. I, I would put Josh Allen higher. Can't do it. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've made this conviction. I've been looking at potential streaming options for weeks. Like if I make the finals with, and I have Josh Allen on. It, it's him or Jameis. I basically have on every single team. I wish I had Jameis at this point. <laughs> I have. I actually have Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick because I was just planning a couple weeks back just in case Jameis Winston just went to crap and. I think I still got to keep playing him. Well, do you worry that the dam has now broken with Jameis, that he's just lost too many guys? Because I actually don't. 
I don't because he's not going to stop throwing and it's the Houston Texans defense. If I go down with Jameis Winston at this point, look, I'll go down with Jameis Winston. He's number two or number three on the year, depending on which site you play for, even with all those turnovers, he's coming off back to back 404. And so what? I don't think he's going to go 404 against the Texans, but 303 almost seems like his floor at this point. And like the Texans have one of the worst secondaries in football. So let's not, and they score points, which is always good. I was just about to say that. And, and Jameis to his credit, like I think Jameis gets the whole fantasy thing. I really do. That's why he throws (laughs) those pick sixes early in the game. He lets the other team score. Yeah. He drafted himself. He's like, I need to let the other team score. So I never stopped throwing this entire game. Plus they can't run the ball. Like they, they should honestly pass 100% of the time. No, it's funny that you say that too, is because you're watching that game last week and you're like, oh crap, they're going to get up too early and then forget about Jameis. Nope. He's going to, as you just mentioned, I got to get him back in this game. Let me throw a couple picks, especially on our side of the field. Uh, Let's go to tight ends. Greg Olson has clear concussion protocol, so he shall return with Will Greer as his quarterback. Likely out, I have Luke Wilson, Ryan Griffin. Evan Ingram, Vance McDonald, Rhett Ellison, and Gerald Everett. Obviously, a few of those guys could play. So, again, check the updated rankings throughout the week once news breaks. But I got Kelsey at one, Ertz, or Ertz at three, Kittle at two. See how I did that? I reversed it. Uh, and Jacob Hollister at four. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, excuse me, he's actually a relevant tight end who has been productive going against the Cardinals. You got to have to at this point. Although, yeah, I, I can't see much of an argument for people behind him. Uh, maybe Hunter Henry, I guess, because he's going against the Raiders. But Hunter Henry has gone quiet of late for some reason. Uh, if Everett sits, even in the bad matchup, Higgy B is just, he's getting like 12 targets a game. Like, you got to play him. You do. I agree with you. This is similar to earlier with Gerald Everett was seeing that kind of work with Higby kind of banged up and not being used very much. So I'm with you on that one. But I, I got to give, I got to tell you, it's the best news I saw last night, Pat. And somebody was like, oh, the first half was killing me. I was facing Jared Cook. And he got within one point of beating me. And then he didn't do anything in the second half. And I was like, yes, it's a Festivus miracle of Jared Cook doing exactly what Jared Cook should do. Disappearing when you need him the most. Well, I mean, it's not his fault. He probably like, instead of tying his laces together, he accidentally tied the laces from two separate shoes together. And then he was just stuck on the sidelines. <laughs> Couldn't get him back apart. Yeah. I had just, no idea where to go. <laughs> he had to quit football for a half. He's just like, I can't figure this out. This is ridiculous. And they wouldn't let him play without <laughs> shoes. So there we go. Uh, Waller, I have down at nine because I expect Renfro to return. If Renfro is declared inactive for this game, I'd move Darren Waller up to fourth. I think that's a very valid uh, point to make because Darren Waller's use up until Renfro became a thing. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, what happened to Waller? And then as soon as he got hurt, it was, hey, we might need to treat Waller as a number one option, that being Derek Carr. So I'm with you 100%. It's, it's very much dependent on Hunter Renfro. So I don't feel great about Andrews, Henry, or Hooper, but this is tight end. You're probably not going to feel too great about anyone. Uh, Doyle <laughs> at number nine. Uh, Fantasy Pros has ranked Jared Cook at number 10. I, of course, would not play Jared Cook. But Mike Gesicki, Greg Olson, O.J. Howard, Jason Witten, Caden Smith, Jonu Smith, Darren Fells, Noah Fant. And Dallas Goddard. Um, I was thinking about moving Cameron Brait up somewhere close to this just because of the dearth of options with Tampa Bay. Where would you yeah. rank Cameron Brait, do you think? Uh, I think he deserves to be right around Dallas Goddard. So I think that's a fair spot. Although out, out of this group, I think you have Noah Fant too low. Really? Yeah. Against, against the Lions at home. I don't know, well, for, uh, the Lions period. I guess the Lions period. Yeah. Okay. Would you play Fells or would you play Brait? Ooh, I would just risk Braid. 
Okay, would you play Johnny Smith or Brait? I'm a John. I'm a Janu Mark, so that's not. A, I'm not a good person to ask about that. All right, would you? <laughs> I'd, play, I'd play Janu. Would, would you play Noah Font or Janu? I'd play Noah Font. Would you play Caden Smith or Janu? Janu. Witten or John or Witten or Fant? Sorry. Uh, Fant. Howard or Fant? Ooh, that's a toss up. I play. You make that call. I, I, I would play Howard, so I'll move Noah. Fant. Because here's the thing. I I, I will created- move Noah Fant to number fifteen in the rankings. He, he's everybody's making this argument of Bruce Arians. Oh, he's going to be forced to use OJ nah, Howard. No, 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 no. He's going to throw to Hyman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. He's yeah, exactly. Can I get that one? Is that a good nickname? I, I like that. You went with his first name, not his last name. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Call me Ishmael. There you uh, go. Straight from the book. Does there, you know what that's from, right? I, you're a literature person, aren't you? No, I can't read, but I believe that's from Mopey Dick. <laughs> when your dick's all sad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Larry, you got a Mopey <laughs> Dick. Leon's the best. Uh, Curb's coming back in January. That, that, just that whole segment of, no, I can't read. That's from Mopey Dick. <laughs> um, I do appreciate it. See, that's, that's the sign of a good nickname. Because everyone, 99% of my people, myself included, when searching for a nickname, would just gravitate towards his last name. But you swerved. Right. You went towards his first name. That, that's, you're getting better at this. It only took 16 weeks. <laughs> now, it's taken like six years, but sure. <laughs> You had one before uh, this. Yeah, Snoo Snoo. Yeah, snoo, snoo Snoo, and now you have Call Me Ishmael. There you go. I've got two on the board. Uh, any <laughs> other po- Any other pot- potential sleeper tight ends uh, that you can consider rolling out, or do I have the ones you'd think of? Uh, I'm looking at Let me pull up my waiver column real quick because I kind of – I think you mentioned all of them at this point that you could potentially even care about. Yeah, let's see. I have, as we get to it, Fells and Joku, you mentioned. Oh, and Joku, but is Joku even playing? What the hell is going on with him? Is he coming I, back or not? I actually have no idea. Like, he wasn't benched last week or inactive because of injury. It was a coach's decision. And then I yeah. think it was just to allow Ricky Seals Jones to have his revenge game. <laughs> yeah, we had to have that. Yeah. I have Hollister, Fant, Kasicki, Howard, Janu, Fells, and Joku, question mark, Graham, Witten, and Knox. I, I wouldn't even want to touch Knox. Right. Well, Let's turn to defenses for week 16. You can have so you can have your locked in defense or a streamer hardly newer. So number one, Pittsburgh, number two, Baltimore, number three, New England. Then the Niners, Texans, Bills, Chiefs, Saints, Broncos, Colts. After that, I have the Giants, the Falcons, Seahawks, Redskins, Cowboys, Bengals, Jets, Bucks, Dolphins, and Bears. That is my top 20 for defenses this week. Make the case up, make the case down, or you can say, Pat, you know your defenses. You're absolutely right. <laughs> that's the case most of the weeks. I think Denver is the only one of that list that's a streamer at this point. They're all, because I think they're highly owned. I think Denver's the best one. The only ones, and I'm going to say ones because they're in the same game. I would swap the Redskins and the Giants. You would Eli play- Manning or Daniel Jones throwing interceptions. There's guaranteed, there's guaranteed turnovers. I know Haskins... That initially did, but Haskins, I'm not even talking about his breakout game last week. Haskins has been so checked down and starting to become conservative that I don't even know the Giants get a turnover in this game. So I would do on the turnover potential alone. I'd rather have the Redskins versus the Giants. Well, just thinking about it, it depends on who drops back to pass more. And I would expect that to be Eli over Haskins simply because Bill Callahan is very committed to running the ball. Right. Um, so you so, want the Redskins. So that's one thing. However, every time that Haskins drops back, it's like six points waiting to happen. We saw it at the very mm, until, end of the game. 
It is, but uh, also Eli May still had three interceptions in that last game. The biggest thing for me is just looking at the pressure rates on everything. So if we just sort by, um, aren't they very close? I thought I thought maybe I have this wrong. I just assumed the Giants were way ahead of them, but maybe I am completely wrong on this. Oh no, it is. It is Washington is better. You're right. You're absolutely right, Jake. Using my own logic against me, you have (laughs) you have won this round. I will put Washington one spot behind. I'll put them one spot ahead of Indianapolis. I know. I'll just put them where I have the Giants, and I'll move the Giants where I have Washington. So I'll put the Giants now at. No, I probably like the Cowboys better too. I'll put them behind the Cowboys in between the Bengals. Now that I've thought about this more. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Thank you for for the heads up on that. Good tip. <laughs> hey, it's week sixteen. These things are bound to happen at this point, right? Yeah. No. I mean, I. For whatever reason, in the back of my mind, when I looked at it, for I don't know what I was looking at. Maybe I had sorted it incorrectly, but I had the Giants as way higher than they're actually listed. For reference, Washington right now is fifth in adjusted sack rate for the season, and that's been climbing, 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 climbing every single week. The New York Giants are actually down to 21st, which has been dropping, 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 dropping every single week. So you just hope that Berkeley doesn't go mental in this game and <laughs> Eli actually has to drop back to pass, which, as I kind of pointed out earlier, I would expect Eli to pass more than Haskins. So there you go. Look, a nickname and defenses. It's, it's a crazy episode. You're having your moment in Week 16, Jake. The, the, ac- the accuracy of your picks wasn't good enough. You really won me over this week. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the, of everything. This is a great way to close out the year, though, isn't it? I, I think so. Should I propose to you, too? Maybe. I won you over. Question, though. Is Will Greer better than Kyle Allen? Oh, my God. Are you, are you being facetious with the tweet that I put out earlier? I, I, I didn't see the tweet you put out earlier. I'm asking, oh. legitimately asking because I have no idea. Oh no! So somebody said uh, this is a downgrade for DJ Morris, and no, Greer's the better quarterback. And somebody immediately, how do you know he's never played in the NFL? And blah blah blah. It's well because Kyle, Kyle Allen's not a good quarterback. Will Greer? I tweeted it out. If anybody wants to go look, I did my entire draft profile breakdown of him. But basically, you look at him, and there's some Phil Rivers similarities. There's some upside there. Like Will Greer could absolutely first game in the NFL fall flat on his face. Pure talent-wise, you're giving me one versus the other, and I don't even think it's close. It, it, Kyle Allen is who we've seen from Kyle Allen. There's a reason he wasn't a starting quarterback. Will Greer has got the job now because Kyle Allen's been so miserable. His time is now, but the downside is, like I said, I, I will admit, the downside is he comes out and looks like Dwayne Haskins, though he's got a better pedigree behind him. Will Greer, for people that don't remember, two years ago, so well, actually technically now almost three years, basically two years college ago, people were talking about him as the first quarterback off the board. And his time is now. You just said that. I did say his time is now. <laughs> John Cena sucks. John Cena was great in the Marine and 12 blocks. Wait, which Marine? Isn't there like 17 Marines? Yeah, well, the Miz is in the new ones. My guy, the Miz. Oh, he was the John Cena was the original Marine? He was. Did you the did that stupid firefighter movie come out with him? That comedy that looks like it was made on Nickelodeon? I have no idea. Okay. He looks weird with long hair. John Cena? Not long hair, but longer hair. He looks weird without the buzz cut. Yeah, he, he's more of a crew cut type of guy, but now he's not doing USO shows. He doesn't need the army haircut anymore. <laughs> that's, that's, very, that's very true. 
All right, Jake Seeley, you can find all of his rankings up at theathletic.com along with all of his content. But if you follow Jake on the Twitter box at AllInKid, you can find a lot of his quippy comments. Jake, what do you got coming out for the rest of the week and what can we expect for week 17 while I'm off like drinking my face off? <laughs> so week 17 also, D'Angelo Williams might argue like, in our opinion, he and I, it was our best episode yet this week. It comes out Wednesday mornings. We do have a Christmas episode for next week that we're going to be recording, so that'll be out as well. But as you mentioned, the throwback podcast and the athletic all in sports. They're going to Joe Pizapia, friend of the show, over on that. Well, maybe a friend of my show, maybe not yours. No, but my I show, my my show as well. So, so there you go. Week Joe seventeen, pizza, pizza. <laughs> week seventeen is rankings. I gave you waivers in week sixteen. That's it. Rankings. It's stupid to begin with. That's all you're getting. Uh, for me, you can expect a week 16 spread pick show with Feinberg and Cust. You can also expect a week 17 spread pick show with myself and Cust. It won't be coming out normally on Wednesday because that is Christmas Day. We'll be recording it on Boxing Day and hope to get it out later on that afternoon. There will be no video for it. It'll just be audio in case you're wondering. But I have a bunch of new content all coming out over the course of the next 10 days or so. Please go check it out and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast. And fun fact... If you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio Podcast, then leave a five-star review in your DraftKings handle. And something that you like about the show, you'll be in a draw for, what's that? What? A hundred DK bucks? <laughs> you might want to give that a shot. And if you just want to be in a draw for 20 DK bucks, I mean, you can be a both if you want. Smash the like button for this video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me if on Johnson plays this week. Where would you put him in the week 16 running back rankings? PPR, remember that. All my rankings in the description of this video and pod and up on DKPlaybook.com. Good luck in championship week. I want to hear from you if you win your championship. I don't want to hear from you if you're a loser and you don't win. And then I can retweet it out, make it seem like everyone who listens to the show wins, which they don't, myself included. But anyway, hit me up with that. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck. I'll see you next time. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com